this morning. As I've been preaching a lot the last three weeks. And now my voice is fighting me. But it has to work in Jesus' name. For the word of God. I want to speak to you this morning about a principle in the kingdom of God. That over, the le- over my whole Christian life, I found it to be lacking in the church. And this principle, if we can capture it, if we can actually allow it to come into our lives, if we can demonstrate it with the way we see one another, it will advance you and it will advance the church so far beyond where we have been. You see, as the church, we live by principles in the spiritual realm. We understand things like tithing. Tithing is a good example. Because it does not make sense to the human mind. That in order to receive blessings from God, we have to give our blessings away. But this is how principles in the kingdom of God work. They are upside down to human wisdom. So another principle says that the most qualified person to minister is not the wise person, but the foolish. And the main. God does not use the strong person. He uses the weak person. These are the principles of the kingdom. But the problem is that in the church we get too focused on the ways of the world. And we want to bring the worldly principles into ministry. Into the Christian life. And we expect them to work for us in order for God to use us. But it doesn't. The principle I want to share with you today, I really do believe that it's the, the principle that is most lacking in the body of God. And so there are some of you here, if you've heard me preach, I think this is the third time I've shared this sermon in four years. But it's important. I want to talk to you today about the principle of honor. Of honoring our brothers and sisters. Of honoring those who are above us. Of honoring those who are beneath us. Even honoring those outside of us. If you have your Bible, I want you to look at 2 Peter, 1 Peter, chapter number 2. 1 Peter, chapter 2, and verse 17.
the Bible says this. First Peter 2. Verse 17. I'm just reading this one verse. The Bible says. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. So what it says very clearly. Is if you're a follower of Christ. You are to honor everybody. It does not matter who they are. What they've done. Where they've been. Or how they compare to yourself. You show honor. It says especially. That you are to love the brotherhood. Honor everyone. But especially love your brothers and sisters. Because we are one body. We cannot be fighting. We cannot be putting one another down. I put you down. I'm hurting myself. So I have to love you. And value you. It says, fear God. What you rule about. You see, when you do not honor people, it shows that you're not respecting the Lord's command. You have no fear of Him. And you're living for yourself. However you want to live. And then it finishes. Saying, honor the King. What a word of you. The Lord, this is very challenging. Because the kingdom that Peter was writing in was not a Christian kingdom. In fact, the king that he's writing about was very evil. He was killing Christians. But history records that he was a special kind of sinner. He was a homosexual. And he was even paying his servants to go to the far ends of the kingdom and bring the most beautiful children so that he could have sex with them. He's disgusting. This is an awful man. But Peter says, because he's the king, you have to honor him as the king. Now, first of all, to honor somebody does not mean you approve of everything they do. But it means you value them as a person in spite of the things they do. Because honor and war reaches into somebody and brings out the best. Condemnation reaches into somebody and brings out the worst. Honor is a big deal in the Bible. I want you to see this. I know you have your Bible, but you will not be able to keep up. So I'm going to give you scriptures. I want you to write the verse. 
so you can study these later. And I'm just going to tell you what it says for time's sake. But the Bible tells us how we're to honor people. And I want to give you a list. The Bible says, first of all, honor God. In 1 Samuel, chapter 2, Verse 30. The Lord says this. Those who honor me, I will honor them. And those who despise me, I will also despise. If, if you have that, I'm preaching from the ESV, the English Standard Version. So God says, first of all, you honor me. If you want to find honor in this life. Because the sin of Adam and Eve. The original sin. Was to despise God. To despise God. And turn away. He goes on in Malachi. Chapter 2, verse 2. And the Lord says, if you will not listen to me, if you will not take it to heart to give honor to my name, says the Lord of hosts, then I will send the curse upon you. And I will curse your blessings. So we are to honor God. This is actually the heart of every sin. Because in Romans chapter 1, in verses 21 through 24, the Bible speaks about sinners. And it says, for although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God. Or give thanks to Him. But they became futile in their thinking. And their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise. They became fools. And they exchanged the glory of the immortal God. For images resembling mortal men. And birds and animals and Therefore God gave them up. In the lusts of their flesh. In their parts of impurity. To the dishonoring of their bodies. Among themselves. It says because they chose not to honor God. God gave them up. And they began dishonoring themselves. That's a terrifying passage. For God to say, because you do not honor me, I want nothing to do with you. You can dishonor yourself. So I want you to know that one first. Because honor begins with God. But then God tells us all kinds of people in Exodus 20, verse 12, it says, Honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Honor your father and mother. 
This is the key to receiving an inheritance. This is the first commandment of God that has a promise. When you honor your parents, the blessing comes down. Spiritual blessing comes down. As well as physical. I even want to extend this out. You need to honor your spiritual father and mother. Because they carry your spiritual inheritance. But too many people, even in the first session, we dishonor our parents. And things go bad. Because we don't know how to use our inheritance. The evil son, he, he spent his inheritance. And he ended up eating with the pigs. When we honor our father and mother, we don't just receive the inheritance, but we learn how to use the inheritance. Amen. Amen. The Bible says we are to honor our neighbor. In Matthew 19, verse 19. It says, honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. This means that God has placed you where you live. Today. So that you can honor those who live around you. So that you can bring blessing into your community. It says, the Bible says, in Leviticus, in Leviticus, nineteen, verse thirty-two, that you shall stand up before the gray-headed. And honor the face of an old man. We are to honor our elders. Those who have come before us. Who have experience. Who have wisdom. Because we need what they have. Peter, sorry, I'm sorry. The Apostle Paul, writing to Timothy, tells him, do not dishonor an old man. But you respect him as a father. So we are to honor our elders. See, listen to me. Here in Uganda, there are old men and old women who they do not know Christ as Savior. But their life has wisdom that they should be imparting to you. You young people, are you listening to me? We have lost honor for our elders. And we have become a fatherless generation. We do not know how to live because we think we know how to live. Because I think I know how I'm supposed to live. Because I have Facebook. YouTube. Google. Google. I don't have to honor those who can. If you have that heart. The Bible says you're an idiot. You're stupid. And you're missing something important. We honor our elders. 
In Hebrews, it's on Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4, it says we are to honor spouses and marriage. Let marriage be held in honor among everyone. And let the marriage bed be undefiled. Let marriage be held in honor. The world doesn't teach this. The world teaches that marriage is something you do until it doesn't work. And then you just leave. You find a different spouse. No, 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 no. The world says, if I think your wife is more attractive than my wife, then I should just have relations with her. It's a problem. And it's creeping into the church. Even in the church, we do not honor the marriage bed. Some of you right now, you're looking at me. And you're nodding in agreement. But secretly, you're having sex with someone. God will judge the sexually immoral. You think you can play games when God says to us, hold something in honor. Sex outside of marriage actually brings a curse into your sex life. And it opens the door to demons. Honor marriage. I tell my friends this. That because I love my wife, I honor my marriage. But because I love God, I honor their marriage. I'll say the same thing to you. I honor your marriage. And I pray that your marriage is held in honor. That God protects you. And brings you together. I tell my friends that I want to fight for the success of their marriages. That's what it means to honor marriage. Not just that I want my marriage to work, but that I want to help you have a marriage that works. The Bible says in Romans chapter 13, verse 1, to be subject to the governing authorities. And in verse 7, it says, pay, pay everything to, pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes to whom Money to whom money is owed. Respect to whom respect is owed. And honor to whom honor is owed. What he's saying is we honor the government and the leaders who God has put over us. See, God tells Daniel that I tear down kings. What do you think about? And I raise up other kings. 
So if there's a governing authority, even if they're not a Christian, it's still God's decision who is in charge. So honor your leaders. Pray for them. Pray for your nation. That God will send honorable leaders. But see, the Bible says this. If you do not honor your leaders, then things will go bad for you. But when you honor them, it brings out the good. Let me give one example. I'm out of time. I have to go fast. There's a missionary that works in Pakistan. Seen over one million people saved. Muslims in Pakistan. Saved. But there's a man on television who's a leader in the religion in Islam. And he's always cursing Christians. And the man was watching the TV. And he said the Holy Spirit asked him, how do you see this man? He said, God, this man is evil. He's doing so much damage. Even encouraging Christians to be killed. I hate him. And God said, you need to change the way you're thinking. Because you're not thinking like me. And so the man started raising honor inside himself. He started looking into the man on TV to see what God sees. And God said, what do you see? He said, I see a man of peace who's broken, fell, but that you can use. God said, what are you going to do? He said, I'm going to call the man. I'm going to get a meeting and I'm going to tell him that I see a man of peace and then I pray for him. He calls the man's office. The man refuses the meeting because he knows it's a Christian. This man hates Christians. So God asks the missionary what are you going to do? He said, we're going to give him an award for the peacemaker of the year. He just made up the award. It's not even a real thing. But they went, they had a, a trophy made. Peacemaker of the year. They called the man's office. We want to honor you with me in this award. Can we have a meeting? The man says, I like awards. Yes, they come to this man's office. And they give him this award. Peacemaker of the year. In Jesus' name. They tell this man. We're asking you to be an ambassador for peace. We're having a meeting next month. Christian leaders. Catholic leaders. And Muslim leaders. Will you come be a speaker for peace? The man said, yes, I'll come. 
I want you to tap on it. And as you tap on it, the clay begins to break off. And underneath it's made of gold. It's made of gold. Then you see, oh, this thing is valuable. I can't just put it down here. I have to put it on the shelf. I'm going to put it under glass. put a rock. So nobody can steal it. Because you understand. That the way you saw it at first is not really what was inside. And so you increase the way you see it. In the church, the Bible gives us a good picture of how we honor others. Jesus is speaking in Luke 14. And around verse 8, I'm not sure. He says, when you're invited to a feast, don't take the best seat. Because that's raising yourself up. And if you take the best seat, then the, the person who's throwing the party says, I'm sorry, somebody more honorable has come. I need you to move down. He says that instead, when you go to the party, you need to have the view that everyone there is more honorable than yourself. Go to the back of the table, the very back of the room, and sit in the corner. So that when the person who throws the party sees you, they say, no, brother, come to a better seat. This isn't how things are done in Uganda. This is not how things are done here. I'm not talking about Guru. I know Guru's difference. This place is anointed. But I've been some places in Uganda. That the pastor has a big throne made of gold. When he comes in, he has to walk up so many And he sits so high. If Jesus walked in that church, he would laugh. They would say, Jesus, we have the place of honor. Jesus would say, no, I'm sitting in the back. On the papyrus mats. I'm giving up my chair for another. That's how you honor. Amen. So I want to give you two great things about honor. That will help you understand why this is important. The first thing I want you to understand. Is this is a believer's conference. And I hope you've been born again. But now that you've been born again, honor is not just a command in Scripture. It's a freedom that has been given to you. See, if you're not born again, and you live in the world, honor is impossible to give if you think someone doesn't deserve it. 
I've worked in the business world. I've been the lowest person in the company. And I've been a manager in a company. And the attitude in the world is that you want my respect, you have to earn it. You have to work for it. It's not free. This is the common attitude. If someone does not deserve honor, I'm not giving it to them. But when we're believers in Jesus, we learn a little secret. Can I tell you a little secret? Every single person on the planet is created in the image of God. And because they're created in His image, they have value. They have worth. And therefore, they deserve your honor. They deserve your respect. That's the secret. Because in the world, you don't have the, the renewed mind. So you think people are worthless. But when you're a Christian, you see, even in the most low person, the homeless living in the dumps, the drug addict laying in the streets, the alcoholic passed out and vomit. You look at them. You see the image of God. Somewhere inside. And you honor them because of that. Despite what they're doing. See, when you find yourself criticizing others and bringing condemnation, it shows that you are the one in bondage. If you have a critical spirit, you're a slave to criticism because you have hurts in your own heart. They you need healed. When we judge people and we slander them because they don't look like us, you're in bondage because you think you're the person they should look like. I'm happy God has done a work in me. But if I'm encouraging you to become like me, I'm wrong. To my right, I need to push you to Jesus. Because I still have my own problems. You understand what I'm saying? If you're judging, it's because you're a slave. You're a critical spirit. And to pride. Because you think you're something. And pride comes before fall. Amen. Jesus has come to set us free from bondage. The world does not have this freedom. But you who are born again, you're free to honor everyone. Even the one everyone looks down on. Amen? Can I tell you something? Showing dishonor is not natural. No one is born with a dishonoring heart. We have to learn how to show dishonor. Here's what I mean. 
When I was a little child, I loved people. I liked everyone. You see my little daughter at the crusade grounds. She's walking around smiling. She comes up, she touches people. She doesn't always want to be held. Because she wants to be free. But when she's free, she's just happy. When we get in the car to drive, she sits on her mother's lap. And if we put the window down, she does this the whole time. Waving at everyone. Children love people naturally. When I was a child, I was like But by the time I was finishing primary school, I was being bullied by other people. People were tearing me down to try to raise themselves up. By the time I was in secondary school, I learned to be the bully. I learned how to tear other people down so that I was the one being raised up. And then God called me to ministry. And by the time I went to Bible college, when I was supposed to be learning to minister and to love people, I had become a slave to a heart of dishonor. I was judgmental. I was critical of everyone. I was critical of my fellow students. I was critical of pastors. I was critical of ministries. I was critical of my professors. I was trying to make myself feel better and it took a long time for me to find freedom because I didn't understand that I had been set free that's the first thing I want you to know you are free to honor people criticism is bondage the second thing though is I want you to see what honor does for you. Here's this principle. When we lift others upward by honoring them, blessing comes downward. When we lift others up, it enables us to receive blessing from underneath. Here's what I mean by that. The Bible says when we honor God, we are honored by God. The Bible says when we honor our father and mother, they love us, they encourage us, they help us grow, they give us an inheritance, and teach us to be strong men and women. The Bible says when you honor your husband and wife, then they're going to love you. They're going to help you. They're going to be a partner. To push you forward. To bring you to the place God's called you. When you honor your leaders, then there's peace and blessing that comes in the land. When we honor the body of Christ, the kingdom of God is released through us. Hallelujah. Amen.
I want you to see this important lesson. When we honor everyone freely, when we give it away to every person, simply because of the image of God, it can change humanity. The devil loves judgment. He's called the accuser of the brethren. But when we honor people, it sets them free from all accusation. Jesus, when he was hanging on the cross, showed honor to the people killing him. By saying, forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing. Jesus forgave them. There's no more sin. When someone sins against you, did you know that you can cancel the record of their sin by refusing to hold their sin? The Bible says what you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. When someone sins against you and you refuse to hold it against them, but you say, Lord, I forgive them that sin is covered. Even if they don't know Christ, that sin is covered. They'll still be judged for their other sins. But not for their sins against you. And when we do that, when we honor people, we get blessed in the process. Let me explain how this works. The world teaches you that you have to push people down so that you can stand on their backs to make yourself higher. And the more people you push down, the higher you get to go. If you're a businessman, you have to conquer every other business. You have to oppress your employees. They don't overtake you. You understand what I'm saying? The problem is it's coming to the church. If my church is going to be something, we have to keep the other churches down. If God's going to honor my gifts, I have the gift of healing. Then I have to hold other people's gifts down. So that I can be higher. That's what the world teaches. But the Bible does not teach that. The Bible teaches that if you want to go up, you have to raise other people up. If you want to go high, you can't get there by yourself. Raise others up with us. There's a verse in the Bible. There's a verse in the Bible. And I'm sorry I did not write the reference. But it says, when you receive a prophet, in the name of a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. What's it saying? It's saying when you see someone that's a prophet, and you honor their victory, instead of criticizing their victory, it says you share in the reward they receive. See, if you see someone who's a prophet, a great leader, a great pastor, someone with a powerful deliverance, whatever it is, you criticize, you say they're not doing it right. I know a better way. They're dumb. 
They're not following God. They're just entertaining people. They're not really preaching the gospel. When you criticize, you put a wall up. Your criticism doesn't touch that person. But you put a wall up. Because you're touching God's anointing. And it kills you. You remember the story in the Old Testament. They're bringing the Ark of the Covenant back to town. The Ark of the Covenant was supposed to be carried on the backs of the priests. But instead they put it on a cart. And the oxen are pulling the cart. The oxen, the cows are pulling the cart. And when one of the animals stumbles, someone reaches out so the Ark of the Covenant doesn't He touched the glory of God. And God killed him. There's a way things work in the kingdom of God. You can't touch His glory. When you criticize another person who is created in the image of God, who carries His anointing, who is serving Him, you're killing yourself. You're preventing God from using you. But when you see that person and you, you receive that prophet and you honor him as a prophet, you receive the prophet's reward. It's the principle of impartation. You see, and I, I carry the gift of healing. But it did not come from me. One day, years ago, I was sitting in my house praying, Lord, I know that you heal people, but you're not using me. I'm praying for the sick. No one's being healed. Help me learn to pray for the sick. Give me the anointing. Yeah. So that they will be healed. As I began praying that, the Lord brought someone into my life through his books. A man named Dr. Randy Clark. God used him to birth a revival in Canada. It ran six nights a week for almost 12 years with healing and miracles. He has a powerful healing ministry. I began reading his book, him teaching the principles of healing. In my heart, I honored him. I said, Lord, thank you for this man's ministry. I had heard of this man before. I had heard of the Toronto blessing. But the church that I was raised in, said that's not God. Why did you pull the That's not a true revival. That's a false teaching. I had probably spoken those things. God had never seen his ministry. I had probably spoke things against his ministry. Because I was following the crowd. But when God gave me his books, I started reading. I started finding his sermons on the internet, listening. 
One day God told me. This man is having a conference. If you go to the conference, this man will pray for you, and you'll receive an impartation. Because my heart had changed for him. I went to the conference. There were eight thousand people in this room. I'm saying, how can he pray for him? It takes time for them to release impartation. I'm raising my hands. Lord, touch me. Then this man says, Randy says, I cannot pray for everyone. But I have a team of ministers that's going to pray for you. If God's touching you, then you'll receive an impartation. He says, Lord, you told me Randy would pray for me because I'm honoring him. But God, if this is his team, I'll take their prayers. I want whatever you're going to give me. He released the team to pray. Raising my hand to get prayer. Randy had left the stage. Then he came back. He said, wait. I forgot to say this. If you're a full-time missionary or evangelist, I want you to come on stage. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. I was the second person he prayed for. My hands are up. He touched my hand. I fell to the ground. For two hours, I got up because the Holy Spirit touched me. I got up. I'm off the ground. How many of were you? How many of you were at the crusade two nights ago? You heard the testimonies I was sharing. He prayed for me on Thursday. The Holy Spirit touched him. I got on an airplane on Saturday. I flew to South Sudan. The blind man that was healed on Tuesday. Before that blind man, I had never seen anyone healed. But because I honor this man's ministry, I still honor this man. My ministry in the U.S. is under his covering. He probably doesn't know my name. But I work under his ministry. I'm out of time, but here's what you need to know. When you honor the gifts in somebody, when you honor what God is doing in their life, instead of criticizing, you open yourself up to receive the same thing in people before you receive the blessing, outdo one another in showing honor. Yeah. Because when we honor one another, Christy, you can come. When you outdo one another in showing honor, you receive the blessing. And all of us move upward. When all of us advance, and it overcomes the world. Let me ask you, who do you need to show honor to today?